Okay, testing, testing, one, two. Okay, boys, so in your own time. Count in. Three, two, one. This, this is an Island to Island production. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ali Walker and welcome to Ironcast, the show that brings you discussions with craftsmen, celebrities, denim heads, retailers, members of the internal and extended Ironheart family, and, well, sometimes people we just plain like. In this episode, the final episode of Season 2, we talk to Ironheart matriarch Paula Padmore. We talk about getting your skipper license, we explore the Japanese virtue of reading the air, and the Ironheart anniversary party. Ironcast is an Island to Island production hosted and edited by me, Ollie Walker. You're listening to Ironcast. You're listening to Ironcast. You're listening to Ironcast. And I'm listening to Ironcast on horseback. You heard Ironcast, the podcast from Ironheart. Reporting from the West Coast, you're listening to Ironcast. Evam Adrisara Vachanam Shrikavya. You are listening to Ironcast, motherfucker. Enjoy. So I've got a massive um, apology to make to you publicly and to our listeners. Uh, I recorded a podcast with Paula. You don't have to apologise. I'm going to apologise publicly because oh. we did a podcast with Paula and what happened was this was supposed to go live much earlier on in this season um, and basically I, I lost the footage. My computer was maxed out and I lost all the footage. So let me please apologise to you and to the listeners because they've all been asking to hear from you and everyone wants to hear the famous... Miss no, don't say Paula Padmore. <laughs> Mrs. Paula Padmore. So, um, yeah, so we're finally doing it, so I'm thrilled that we're here. Well, me too, and really no need to apologise. I'm sure that... That was August last year. My God. <laughs> I'm sure that, um, A, I'm not hungover, like I was last time. <laughs> I blame you entirely, of course. Um, and although I was in a good place then, I think, you know, a year on, I'm in an even better even place. place yeah which you know I, I was in a good great place then but I'm in a really great place now so Paula, this is so, so much has changed between last year and like between last I mean for everyone but for you particularly mm. like, give, give us an update so, so hang on the, 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 as far as everyone's aware you and Giles you are very slowly would it be fair to say exiting Ironheart International as we know it. I mean, it's essentially it for yes. the papers yes. are signed. Yes, I mean, we're, we're slowly taking a big step back. Um, I can't see Giles ever taking the full exit. You know, that's just <laughs> the nature of the beast. It's one of his two babies, and he's, he's kind of given one of his babies to the other baby. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that he's ever going to stop watching over that. Um, but yes, the idea is, well, you know, Giles has gone into great detail. I won't, I won't uh, repeat any of that, but... The decision to do what we did was a little bit of a kind of a light bulb moment, um, especially for Giles. And uh, once it had that light bulb moment, being Giles, it just was like, well, let's do it. One of the things that Giles has always been like, and it's been very good for me, although sometimes his impatience drives me mad, it's like once something's decided, let's just get on with it and do it. Alex is very much the same. There's no kind of hanging around. Um, and so we looked into it and we obviously talked to Alex and we did it. And the company now is being run and is owned fully by Alex. And we're able to start really thinking about how we then move on with our lives without having to work. But of course, it's not that straightforward because obviously, especially as I do all the finances, 
you know, I couldn't just suddenly let that go. So I've been handing over to our new bookkeeper, who's very, very good. Um, but it's taking its time. But also, I mean, it, it, it's finding the right balance, which we'll hopefully continue to do. And I think it's going well at the moment is finding the right balance between supporting Alex and still being there for him and getting involved as much as he wants us to and interfering or you know trying to tell him to do things in a certain way that he and he wants to move on and do them in a different way so uh but so far so good I think it's working really well and I'm certainly working less than I used to but my my goal was to kind of be down to perhaps sort of 10 20 percent by September of this year sort of a year or so into the change and then after that we'll just see how it goes yeah 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 well, because essentially, you know, apart from all the other obvious things, you were, you were, your primary role was, by the end, was your bookkeeper, fully-fledged bookkeeper for the company, as well yeah. as a number of other things, but... Yeah, I mean... Would that be it understating it? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I was doing all the bookkeeping, um, because I'm not a trained accountant, so it was definitely just bookkeeping. But, uh, yeah, so, so what happened is that Giles used to do everything kind of on the back of an envelope, and then he... <laughs> probably did a couple of spreadsheets and he's he's good at spreadsheets but his financial management wasn't very tight and I'm but I'm going back to the early days when it was a much 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 smaller company and much less complex and then when I started to get involved that would obviously drive me mad and we were VAT registered so that you know things have to be kept very squeaky clean right uh, so I started to do the finances and then it just evolved really that I got an accounting package um, to make rather than just run everything on spreadsheets and I took on that role at the same time until a couple of years ago or maybe three years ago now I was still packing and I was one of the the shipping crew and getting involved in every aspect of the business really but then as the team grew especially with COVID because then it was like okay Giles and I are not in the office Alex was incredibly protective of us as the older members of the team uh, who were more likely to be potentially uh, badly affected by COVID. So that, you know, I haven't, I haven't packed a pair of jeans or a shirt for a couple of years now, which sometimes makes me feel quite sad. And I know that I'm not getting the exercise I used to because <laughs> it can be quite hectic over there. Um, so yeah, my role became almost purely sort of financial management, all the foreign exchange, you know, making sure we had the right currency in the right place at the right time, um, which is really important because obviously we're paying people in different currencies, we're pulling in different currencies. And just sort of being there to do any background research on anything that might crop up that we were thinking of doing differently. Um, And just, Giles and I have always just talked everything through together and I would play devil's advocate and I would agree or disagree or I would say, well, that's great, but let's do it this way. And, um, and we've done the same since Alex has been around. Uh, and it was pretty much a full-time role by the end because it has got really complex and with Sonder as well. Yeah. Mm. So I'm handing that responsibility over. But there are bits of that that with my background and knowledge of the company and how it's grown, I can't expect somebody else to pick that up overnight if ever <laughs> no because for example Lucy the bookkeeper she's yeah. doing a great job but she's never packed a pair of jeans she's never measured a shirt so I don't know it's that kind of that uh, holistic view of the company right. that very difficult to get when you come to it as you come into it as a bigger entity yeah. you know people are starting to have more 
um, discrete roles and therefore uh, you know, they'll never kind of see the company in the way that Giles and I and Alex and a couple of the others came, you know, when they came into it, you know, everybody had to do a bit of everything. So, um, yeah, sorry, going back to your question, I did end up just basically being full-time finance pretty much. Well, it's interesting what you said there about everyone having to do a bit of everything. I remember you and I were having a conversation a little while ago about sort of saying that the, the packing area was sort of, you know, 101 was, was ground zero for everyone. That's where everyone earned their stripes, really. Yeah. That packing area where you're just you know, shipping everything off all over the world and learning the product, the codes. In the first, yeah, in the first, with the first few people we got on board, as the company started to grow, it was almost like everybody had to know how to, you know, effectively manage a customer query and check the sizing and, you know, pack something and ship it effectively because, you know, obviously when there are a team of two of us, when it was just Giles and I, that goes without saying, we had to do everything. But even as it grew bigger, you know, some, and we were traveling more and more, everybody had to be able to sort of cover for everybody else up to a point. Right. So it's true. And I think it was, uh, in many ways, it was great fun. And I'm sure it's still great fun now, but, you know, it, 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 the company's changed quite a lot. And we have definite, you know, we have definite teams now. We have the creative team and the, <laughs> and the logistics team. But I like the fact there's still quite a lot of overlap. And that was one of, you know, one of the things that happened during covid lockdown was um people working from home had to sort of learn new skills because you know couldn't be in the office packing stuff so they had to learn how to do website stuff which they perhaps hadn't done before and then people like aj (laughs) who had come in packing managed to move on to being (laughs) in a different role had to go back to packing for a few months but they did it with the best will in the world and yeah uh, yeah did a great job so everyone just cares so much but the company, I, I was talking to, to G-San earlier, mm-hmm. Giles, um, about this idea of community. Like you guys have managed to just create this community. You know, you know so many of your customers, old and new, and it's, it's, it's something that very few companies are actually able to achieve in their lifespan, you know? Yep. Yep, I'm sure that's the case. I mean, especially online companies, which as Ironheart in the UK, we are. Of course, we have stores around the world. But yeah, I think that's that's really been a fabulous thing. I, and I think, I'm not sure it makes the company unique, but I think it makes Ironheart really special. And for us, for Giles and I, and hopefully the extended team now, Alex and the others, the yeah, pretty much the biggest joy of being part of this has been the people we've met and got to know all over the world from all walks of life. Uh, yeah, it's been absolutely... I don't use the word lightly. It's been awesome, really. Uh, and so many of those people have become really firm, lifelong friends. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's an extraordinary thing, actually. Uh, hopefully, partly because of the customer service side of things, because we don't just ship to people in a, in a kind of nameless way. You know, people, people buy something and then we will reach out to them and say, can we help you check your sizing? Are you happy with this? Are you happy with that? Which... Certainly in my online buying experience, nobody's ever done that to me. Mm. Um, So I don't, you know, we may not be unique in that, but certainly that's not something a lot of companies do. And then you develop a relationship with with your customers direct. Then also the forum that Giles set up um, has just become a fabulous place, fabulous community, 
um, yeah, it's uh, it is quite mind blowing, really. Yeah, truly. Um, just so everyone's aware, um, Paula and I. This feels like a celebratory conversation, so we're just having a glass of rosé. But I'm gonna have a top up if you don't mind, Paula. Oh, I don't mind at all, <laughs> as long as you top me up. <laughs> I should also just comment that it's a most beautiful, beautiful June evening, um, and it's really warm. So it's it's rosé wine weather. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. And and I'm looking forward to. I'm going to be seeing your boat for the first time this evening. Yeah, Pilgrim. yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we're going to walk down to see Pilgrim after this, Jos and Alex were already down there. We're going to have yeah. a have a drink together on Pilgrim. We still can't take you out on her because we still haven't finished our. Oh my our, god! Yeah, how's yes. that going? Oh, so, so so just to fill everyone in, Jos and Paula have been doing their skipper. So it's it. it it's uh, a qualification called Day Skipper, which Day is skipper. kind of. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's kind of the minimum qualification you can have. You don't actually have to have a qualification in the UK to take a boat out, which is a bit crazy. Uh, we did a week's theory back in oh gosh, it was March or April, yeah. which we both passed, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same trainer is actually coming onto the boat with us, so it'd just be the two of us with this chap Ben, and he we're doing a four full day practical course which means that we really learn how to handle the boat we put our navigation skills into practice uh we uh i don't know even things like going down and checking the engine before you go out each time uh, and doing basic maintenance work making sure that you log everything correctly so that you know you've got a, a full history of what's going on with the boat how much food fuel you're using um and so on and so forth. Mm. So four intense days, and hopefully both of us will come out of it with our day skipper uh, license, and then we can go out. We can take the boat out uh, on our own or together, as yeah. it were, and and be fully insured because right. that's the only thing. I think Giles was brutally honest, as he sometimes is, <laughs> when <laughs> when he got the boat insured and they asked how much experience he had. Actually, it wasn't really honest because he's done a lot of boating in the past, yeah. done a lot, lot of yachting, but we haven't had a boat of our own and we right. haven't had a, 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 a motor launch style right. boat. So he basically said, I've got absolutely zero experience and neither of us have. So they then put in a, uh, uh, Very a necessity for us to do our day skipper course before uh. we could take her out and be fully insured. Which has been good because we plan to do that anyway, but it's forced us to do it. So we we'll hopefully will be very, um, well, you know, the, the last thing we need to do is go out and sort of bump into another boat and, right. and do damage and not be able to cover it. So, yeah. uh, but hopefully it'll make us good. And it's actually been really, really interesting as well. The navigation side of it has, has really been quite uh, really? fascinating. Yeah. Well, you live by the water all these years. It probably feels completely natural now to be able to you know go on some voyages yeah i mean we we've been quite lucky over the years because we've had a number of friends with boats and yachts we even chartered a yacht one day when haraki was here quite a few years ago went out on a sailing yacht with him and a few others it was a lovely day we're very lucky with the weather Uh, but i've never really had an affinity with sailing yachts i've never really i love being on one but i I have got no idea you know how they work (laughs) And I'm sure I could learn, but if Giles had come to me with the proposition that we get a sailing boat, sailing yacht, I'm afraid I would have been, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not into that. I'm, I'm not. Out. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very different kettle of fish, you know, and you have to be outside in all different weathers and you have to be knowing exactly what you're doing with yeah. masts and ropes and da-dee-da-dee-da. 
a motor. I don't know what we would call our boat. She's a she's a trawler. She's a slow yeah, trawler, motor right? boat. Yeah. 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 Um, there's enough to learn. Yeah. There's plenty to learn. Yeah. And plenty to do, but you can drive inside and you've got a nice little cabin and <laughs> it's all very it's all very I wouldn't say it's today but it's very comfortable yeah. Uh, yeah it feels like a it's our holiday home oh. finally everybody's everybody's always said you know wouldn't you like to get somewhere here there and we've been tempted in the past yeah. so many people have their holiday homes around the world and we were like nah because then you're just tied to being in that place it's going to be empty for months on end so now we have our holiday home with the sea view but the view changes when we wish it to yeah it's very exciting it is have you done the last time I uh, spoke to Giles you were doing a trip to get some fuel from somewhere did that happen or did that get so we were going to go over to the Channel Channel Islands to get fuel and part of the reason well the Channel Islands are very beautiful anyway uh that was the plan back at the end of April. Uh, and also, it's one of the places you can go and fuel apparently is about half the price. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's to do with local tax or okay. something. It's beyond me. So the sort of boat, so a lot of boats, that would be totally a ridiculous thing to do because you would burn as much fuel getting there <laughs> as you would save in buying it there. Um, with our boat, she has... Um, quite a high fuel capacity don't start asking me any of the, uh, yeah. the figures because I've forgotten uh, <laughs> but she's also designed to um, motor her quite slowly just like a plodder kind of yeah so so kind of a sweet spot is about 10 knots okay uh, to yeah so to go to to go at sort of 8 to 10 knots I think Pilgrim will go up to about 18 knots okay absolute top whack yeah but then you're just burning through fuel yeah. you know in it's exponential it goes up yeah. three or four fold the minute you go from Jeez. sort of eight knots up to 18 knots wow um so she's designed to go long distances yeah. so she's got a great range but pretty slowly yeah. uh so somewhere like the channel lines you 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 go over there it would take you i think we were going to do it overnight 12 or 14 hours and then refuel there but when the time came the weather wasn't terrible but it wasn't great and our friend Ian, who was uh, we were going with our friends, they, he, he is a round-the-world skipper, so he absolutely knows what he's doing. And he said, the sea state isn't brilliant. So it's not really bad, but it's a bit choppy. And okay. for our first sort of overnight, longer-haul adventure on Pilgrim, he didn't want us to be yeah. uncomfortable. Might be a bit of baptism by fire kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think he was just, I think, more worried about me than Giles, to be honest okay. with you. But he just said very first trip let's not even risk it because yeah. again you know the weather forecast is only a forecast and it could be slightly worse or it could be slightly better but yeah. so we we changed our plan but instead we went and we did a little trip locally we went over to the Isle of Wight to Yarmouth which was beautiful yeah. uh, we went to Paul Harbour we went to Weymouth and then we went to Lymington so we had four oh. nights in four different marinas amazing uh, it was it was really fabulous very lucky with the weather yeah. Uh, so we had sort of four days of driving and Giles drove one day and I navigated and then we reversed it and then uh, we did the same for two days and it was it was really funny and what role did you sit best in uh, I probably well I'd like to think that I was okay at both okay but but the funny thing was that sort of Giles, <laughs> no Giles kind of you know he's he's all about sort of driving the boat and 
parking it perfectly and all the rest of it. Um, so that's fine because I want to I want to be that as well. Yeah. But when it came to the navigating, I mean, we knew where we were going the following day, or you know. So I sat there and I had all the charts and I had my plotters in it and I worked it all out and I worked out where it wants to go. I looked at waypoints so that you're avoiding any potential, you know, water that's too shallow yeah. or places you just don't want to go too close to, uh, any hazards. And I even went and programmed the waypoints into the plotter. I got help with that. I'd never done that before. And it's quite an old piece of technology, uh-huh. um, which probably needs upgrading. So it was, it was a little bit laborious first time. So I've got it already. So Jars literally, he didn't have to think about any of the navigation aspects of uh-huh. it. It was all kind of there for him. Uh, the following day, I was driving and he was navigating. So I said, like, where are we going? And he said, ah, I don't know. Um, we're not sure yet. Let's head off here and head off in that direction. And I said, right, you know, any, for how long? Nah, just head off. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> it was completely haphazard, which is probably in real life how it will be up to a point. Okay, but, yeah. Just but yeah, because I was, I'm so anal. I was like sorting all the navigation out in yeah. advance. And yeah. Giles was like, ah, let's suck it and let's see. <laughs> But we both enjoyed it, and we both kind of, yeah. you know, we, we, we've we've kind of made a pact that it has to be it has to be kind of an equal thing where we both yeah. know exactly what we're doing because it, that's the only safe way to do it. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, I so so at the moment we're both really enjoying that challenge. Whether it will both fall into kind of different roles as time goes by when we actually are using the boat uh-huh. uh, more, it'll be fun to wait and see. Yeah. I'll let Jars do the parking. <laughs> That's the part that would scare me the most, the parking. It's just suddenly everything's coming at you and you're aware of the price of the boat and the price yeah, of the whole repair. Yeah, yeah, it's all about taking everything easy and doing it slowly. But when you've got a strong tide or a strong wind, I mean, right. it's amazing just having been on it a few times to see how that completely affects everything. It's really quite surprising. Yeah. And there's yeah. probably a number of places you can't go to because of high tide, low tide and... Whatever else, you know. Uh, well, there are lots of places where you have to be very conscious of the tide, depending yeah. on the draft of the boat, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, you may only be able to enter and leave at high tide. Right. So you have to be aware of those things or avoid those places. But no, it's fascinating, though, because the charts are so brilliant. But that said, of course, charts are made at a certain point in time. And yeah. then, you know, they're only updated every so often because it's a huge undertaking to map all of that underwater topography and the rest of it yeah so um and and of course the the bottom of the sea shifts enormously yeah yeah you know it it, it shifts around and bits get shallower and bits get deeper and um so you have to sort of you know add and uh, you you always add in some um you know error factor just in case but uh but it's great i really love that side of it i think i've always loved sort of I've always liked arithmetic and trigonometry yeah. and stuff like that. So Really? Oh, I know. I'm a Is that why you get into spreadsheets? Um, I mean, get into is probably overstating it a bit, but is that why you're yeah, good I've always enjoyed playing with numbers, yeah. but plotting out the roots and things on the charts is really interesting, you know, wow. using compasses and things again. Did you ever do like orienteering or anything like that? No, Giles did, funnily enough. No, I never did anything like that when I was a kid, no. No, I didn't. But I probably would have been very good at it yeah, if I had clearly. done. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paula, I've got, I've got to take you back. People are just dying to know 
where did everything start for you? Where, where was your, what's your background? Like where, mm. where did you kind of cut your teeth? Oh goodness me. <laughs> um, I had a very checkered career history. Uh, I wanted to be an architect and I was doing my A-levels. We had to mix art and maths, which at my school, they didn't really, well, just wasn't geared up for it. And I think in the end, I just, I just gave up basically. I left school when I was 17. Um, the thought of a, I don't know how many years it takes to qualify as an architect. Like seven or something, isn't it? Or something yeah. Like that. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I applied for a job uh, at BP, British Petroleum. My dad was working in the, the city um, at one of their kind of affiliate companies. And I went, and they actually, it was amazing actually, they went, they, tra- they, they, they paid you to train you in their way as a sort of shorthand secretary, so I did that. And then uh, I worked as a secretary for a few, PA secretary for a few years, and then I moved into a role where I ended up basically running a gas, yeah, a liquefied natural gas project. I sort of got, I was the only person at the time in BP that's, on their graduate training program. No. I'm blowing my own trumpet now. Yes, yeah, I was you proud must. of that. Yes, you must. Seriously. Um, yeah, so I actually was put on the graduate training program, but then I left BP for a number of reasons. Uh, I'd been there 10 years, uh, my father had died, and things, I just needed to change my life really. So uh, I then went to work for a political lobbying company in Westminster. Um, Gosh, so in different roles, sort of admin roles and PA roles, and then I worked for an office furniture company because I wanted to move back down to Kent. And then we sponsored a Formula Three team, so I went to work for the Formula Three team. What? Yeah, that was mad. That was they were great days actually because we did a lot of the F one sport races. I've just I've just been. You know, I've just literally, I, I went from place to place to place. And then when I, when that life, which was great fun, started to, I thought I really should get a bit of a more sensible job. So I went to work for an IT company called Sequent, which is where I met Giles. And then I worked in IT for a number of years. I was there for quite a few years. And then I decided that, and, and I was working in marketing. So I think, again, I started as PA to the boss, but moved into the marketing department. And I was one of a team that had a lot of event management. So I decided to set myself up as a freelance event manager uh, or, or conference organizer, what have you. So I did that and it just went ballistic, basically. It was, it was crazy times. And Giles was really supportive in that as well, because, you know, they were still in the early days of having home offices and home computing. I'd never had a computer of my own at home. Early days of laptops. Wow. Dial-up internet. Dial-up. Yep. Oh, God. So he helped me get all that organised. It was uh, literally probably within six months of a year of us having met. And that went really, really, really well. And the only reason that ended was because by then, Giles had set up Ironheart and... Uh, we basically, it was a, you know, it was a good year or two. He kept saying, you've got to join me full time. And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm actually doing quite well in this role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, 
we'd have a like a, a, a few iron heart weeks that were really quiet or i'd suddenly get off with this huge project that was worth a small fortune you know and i had to do it i couldn't possibly you know be crazy to turn it down so um i think it was about 2012 that i finally hung up my boots um as a freelancer uh and uh joined jazz full-time and then by then we were working all hours god sends all hours god sends yeah so 2012, so how long is... 2011, maybe. Something around then. How long had this been going at that stage? How long had Jars been kind of setting... Oh. How long had it been set up for? So he was already... He was already just involved in our heart when we moved here in 2005. Ah. So he had been doing this since at least... Two th- yeah, maybe 2004, which would work out about right because Haraki had been doing it for a couple of years before Jars... Mm-hmm got involved mm-hmm. so that's why it's 20 years for hierarchy this year wow yeah wow. yeah so jazz was but he was you know as, as he's talked about he was doing it in a very in a tiny way really it mm. was when we first moved here it was kind of i mean it wasn't a hobby he was just he was doing it with a real view to making it a business but he was also working because obviously it wasn't a business mm. um and I know he's, you know, he's told the story of when he just decided it was time to move on, mm-hmm. and he uh, he was able to just focus on Arnhart full time, mm-hmm. and look what he did, amazing. Well, and and you, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to think that I played, you know, a, a role in it, and I think that it's I was, safe to say you did. Huh? I think it's safe to say you did. Yeah, and it was <laughs> oh god, the best days of our lives, probably the most difficult at times and the busiest at times, but it's best years of our lives, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I know that I gave him an, a huge amount of support. But as the driver and the passion behind it, I, you know, I can't take anything away from Giles. It was, you know, I, I, I don't think I would have had the energy or the self belief. Sounds like Giles is really conceited. I know he can be a bit, but <laughs> he's a doer. He just he believes he can do things that he gets on and does them. And if he's given me a tiny bit of that, I'm so grateful because. I sort of grew up in a beautiful family, but we weren't necessarily imbued with a lot of self. It's difficult to know how to put it, but, and I think I'm not alone in this. A lot of people just see lots of things as being, well, that could be very difficult, probably too difficult. I see you, yeah, I hear you. And they don't do it. And Giles is one of these people that, you know, that could be really difficult, but I know how I can do that. And if I don't know how to do it, I can, buy a book or I can look on the internet and I can do this and I can get some friends to help and and he forges ahead and he does things and it's the same with the boat really you know (laughs) he he just knows we can do it and therefore we will do it (laughs) (laughs) I read something the other day that talked about it's it's actually a survival instinct it's called negativity bias and essentially it's essentially like something that you would use to go this has happened before, I can't go back there because there's death down there or there's danger down there or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, apparently it's a quite a primitive thing. That That's one way of like offsetting it. Yeah, but yeah. also maybe it's quite English to go, oh, I don't want to you know, get out of my place. And maybe you know, that seems like... Yeah, getting out of our comfort zones yeah, or yeah. trying to sort of be something that we're not and biting off more than we can chew. Right, right, you know, right, I don't yeah. know what it is, but... Um, yeah, and, and I love the fact that along with having inherited Giles's impatience <laughs> I think that Alex has inherited that attitude too oh, which is right. 
which is great. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, he's definitely his father's son. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so, so 2012, you came across. Um, what was that transition like for you? wasn't really much of a transition because really? by then I was so heavily involved in the business. I was struggling to do both things. <laughs> and I think what I did was I, so I had a number of clients I was working for. I probably just basically, I sort of, perhaps not as cleanly as I would have, you know, well, not, not, not clean is not the right word. It, it, not as easily as I would have liked it to have happened or as smoothly in that, you know, as I was trying to tail off my work and grow iron heart work there would be little peaks and troughs you know but ultimately um i had a couple of uh clients that i did sort of a lot of annual uh events for and the one in particular that i'd done the same annual event in january for about 10 years it was a huge event we used to start literally once we'd got it over with february march we'd start planning for the following year and i warned them before i planned this one Okay, this is the last one. <laughs> it's probably January 2012, thinking about it. And, uh, oh, yeah, I don't think they ever believed me. <laughs> and I finally sort of moved away because they were still contacting me a few months later saying, can you help us? <laughs> and it's like, you know, by then, by then it was just, me, you know, I was helping Giles, but it was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. We were so, so busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... You know, I definitely didn't do that too early, but it wasn't really a transition. It was nice not to have to sort of drive up to Slough or Bracknell and places like that to to do client meetings. And also not to have to travel so much apart from Giles, because uh, a lot of my work was my events will be overseas. So quite often I was away um, and, you know. That's, that was the story of our life up until that point, is that, you know, he'd be flying in one direction, I could be flying in the other. Um, and what was really lovely, I suppose, about working with him full-time was then suddenly we kind of did everything together, most yeah. things together. Yeah. Um, not always easy. <laughs> <laughs> but really, on the whole, it worked very well. We actually, you know, we have our moments, but, yeah, yeah we're, pretty, we're pretty good together. And then, you know, we were able to sort of do the trips to Japan, the retail trips, you know, as far as it was appropriate and sometimes it wasn't because of the workload and what was just, you know, what was going on in life. Uh, but we started doing more and more together, which was lovely. Well, you must have been travelling quite a bit. I mean, what was your, like, for example, your first trip to Japan? Like, now, like I can't you? remember. Really? <laughs> Gosh. When did I first go to Japan? Oh. If I'd known you were going to ask that question, I probably would have looked it <laughs> Gone up. through the photo book. <laughs> I'm guessing... I'm guessing before 2010. Giles has been a few times. I'm guessing 2009, 2010, but yeah. I can't be absolutely sure, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, because there have been a few. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, what's your general experience of going out there and Haraki and seeing Haraki, seeing... Serena, Tom, you know, what's, what's your general... Fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know that both Alex and Giles are going to Japan on Friday, <gasps> and I'm not going. Now, we had said that after not seeing them for two years, the three of us would go together, because actually that's never happened before. 
Really? No, with, Alex with three and of Giles, us are talking, Alex, Giles and Paula here. Yeah, yeah, Alex and Giles have been together a number of times. Giles has been many times on his own, especially in the early days. And Giles and I have been many times together, but never the three of us. And I was terribly excited about the prospect of going um, and seeing them again, but particularly with Alex, uh, with everything that's transitioned and Haraki being so supportive of that. And especially because Alex has been taking Japanese lessons. <laughs> For years now. For quite a while now, yeah. and I know it's an incredibly difficult language to learn, but I just couldn't wait to walk into, you know, a, a, a bar or a restaurant and Alex order in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it would be very cool and very yeah. helpful, I think, too. Very helpful. Yeah. So, uh, and very respectful because yeah. I always feel really bad that we, we know only a few right. Japanese words. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, you still have to well they had to get visas to go to japan they had to go and be interviewed at the japanese embassy so i decided it was just too much you know mm. the two of them can handle it just fine the extra cost and everything yeah. you know admin of me going to so they'll go this time have some very important meetings with haraki and co after you know over two years since they've seen them uh, and then hopefully we can go either later in this this year. Well, hopefully we'll see them in September when they come over for the anniversary mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. But um, I shall miss them enormously because mm-hmm. they've become such wonderful friends. And uh, Haraki is always a wonderful host when we're in Japan. Um, Tom and Serena are always lovely. They're like, you know, they're like my little Japanese daughters. <laughs> and of course now Serena is married with two children. They're like my Japanese mm-hmm. My Japanese, my Japanese, my Japanese <laughs> grandchildren, um, yeah. and I'm going to miss them this time around. Yeah. But we, we, you know, we talk, we talk in other ways yeah. and keep in touch. Uh, but it's and it's a fabulous place. Have you been? <sighs> Not yet. I, I hope oh, to when go. You this go. Year. When you yeah. go, I mean, it is, it's a fabulous place. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Well, one of the yeah. things we want to do creatively, if we can, you know, justify the 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 the, uh, the outlays, we, we would like to do kind of a short film slash documentary. Yeah. Um, you know, trip to the mills, chat to Haraki, you know, get some of the culture, ride some bikes. We think that's that would be really nice for people to see and experience from wherever it is. That sounds like a works. great idea. Yeah. It, and there are, yeah. you know, the backdrops in Japan. It's very, you know, I don't feel I've seen enough of it. Really? Uh, and one of the things that Giles and I would like to do more, hopefully, is when we can go out to Japan and see Haraki is tag on a week. I mean, I really want to go diving in the islands. Um, um, what are those islands called? Oh, it's going to um, drive me mad. Anyway, at the yeah. very south of Japan, there's fa- right. fantastic diving. Um, is it Okinawa? Okinawa? Um, I have a laptop here. I don't know if it's okay to look at I think this. it's Okinawa. Okay. Anyway, so that's something that's kind of on the, on the want to do list, desperately yeah. want to do list. Because, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful country yeah, with yeah. Uh, lots of different, you know, just, yeah, loads of it we haven't seen. Yeah. Oh. I've done a search. I can't pronounce any of these names. But I've got Shiratoko Peninsula. I've got Hokkaido. I've got Ishigaki. If you go right down to the bottom, there's a little tiny set of islands. Okay. They're, I mean, they might be off the map. Yeah. I don't, yeah, they're not, they're not coming up right now. So okay. maybe I can do some research in the, in, in the interim and uh, I'll put that in, don't the, worry. in the description for everyone. Someone, I'm sure someone will know if I'm saying the wrong thing. I apologise, <laughs> I apologise in advance. <laughs> but the, I mean, f- for some context here, I mean, Japan closed their doors to everywhere. Yeah. So this is huge, the fact that 
these guys are essentially being reunited, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Um, yes, Japan have, in typical Japanese style, they have dealt with everything in their own way, in mm. their very unique way. Um, I don't know, some might say it's quite an insular way, but that's just the way they are. That's, you know, they are their own people and they... And, and I think as part of their, their culture is that they, they're very kind of... They're the gentlest, loveliest people, but they, they have their own, yeah, set yeah. ways of doing things, very set ways of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it has been... It has been a long time. I mean, the good thing from the outset was, though, when we went into to lockdown and we knew that it was going to be a while before we could see them, um, Haragi had always been a little bit, I think, uh, he, well, he was a bit reluctant to do Zoom calls and stuff. And really? understandably with the language differences. Yeah. Um, but Alex and... Uh, Giles insisted they, you know, try have a go at it, and actually yeah. they worked really well okay. with Serena translating. As long as everyone took their time, and Haraki got quite used to them and quite <laughs> happy with them, and it just meant that you know they would chat to Haraki yeah. once a month or so, yeah. and stay in touch. So, but you know, we all know from our oh gosh, months and years of Zoom calls and stuff that it's just not the same as. Yeah as being face to face it's not the same as being able to share a drink and a mm. hug and a and a what have you so yeah. and, and when you've got to talk about really intricate things especially with the, the language difference it, 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 it can be quite hard yeah. you know you need, you need to be able to the Japanese call it I think reading the air you need to be in a room with someone and be able to read the air to reading really understand air. sometimes what they're telling you so oh, you, like you don't just you don't air. just listen to the words you yeah. you read the air and you and that yeah. will, you know, that will kind of help you if yeah. you can do it yeah. <laughs> to understand <laughs> where they're really coming from. Um, so I think it's going to be a really important visit for uh, for Alex and Giles. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, so this is a, an odd question, but mm -hmm. essentially we know that this generally again this is a, it is a big generalization but this kind of world and, and this brand you could argue is a, is quite male centric mm. how has it been for you being essentially the kind of matriarch of this oh my goodness <laughs> of this world I can't of this... think of myself as the matriarch <laughs> well I'll, I'll, I'll assert that title I'll say, I'll say subjectively that's how you're viewed oh goodness gracious <laughs> me I don't know really um, well I I absolutely see what you're saying. Um, I think the first thing I would say is there are lots of women involved, but maybe some of them, a little bit like me, haven't always been the main player. You know, the, the, a lot of the retailers, partners, wives. So there are a lot of women in there that, I mean, I, I'm kind of conscious. I think I'm the first woman to be interviewed for the podcast. You are. Which is kind of crazy to me because there are some fantastic people out there that you must be talking to soon, uh, fantastic women. And obviously it is a male, it's, it's a it's brand uh, designed for men, for men who ride motorbikes. M most of the cuts are for the male body. That said, there are loads of women 
There's a good number of women that really rock Ironheart much better than I do. I mean, much as I love it, I'm not always the right shape. So we've got some really fantastic uh, female followers. Um, I don't know, being the matriarch. <laughs> I've just been so lucky in meeting so many lovely people. have just been so lovely to me. So. <laughs> Modest as ever, Paul. No, I'm not at all. No, I'm not. I'm just... Uh, but I do, you know, I, I, I just feel genuinely incredibly privileged to have been part of this. Well, I mean, I mean, are you able to kind of name check any of the, the, the females in the scene? I know there's a, there's, a, there's a fantastic lady out in... Uh, I feel like she's in Hawaii. I think she's a plasterer. Rox, is it Roxy? Oh, she's definitely in the cons- construction industry. Uh, Rocks, Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah, I've never met her. Yeah. I uh, hope to do so someday. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, trouble is when you start to... I'm putting you on the spot now. Well, when I? you start to name people, I know I'll miss someone. You miss someone, you I know. know. Um, so don't take it personally. <laughs> Sabre Girl, Anne in America. But then, you know, also thinking, thinking outside of that, um, you know, one of the favourite women I've met through uh, Arnhart is... Uh, Demetra from Self Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a force of nature. She's amazing. Um, oh, God, there's so many other women. Obviously, <laughs> you know, Tom and Serena. Yeah. You met them? I've not met them. I, I, do you know what? I met them briefly um, at our last anniversary party when I turned up on my, okay. my bike. When you meet them properly, yeah. I mean, those girls are still young, but a lot <laughs> older than they look because they look about 12. <laughs> And they look so amazing. They wear the tiny Arnhart jeans and tiny yeah. Arnhart shirts because they're both so petite. Yeah. Um, oh, and they're both incredible characters. Yeah. Oh, gosh, there are so many. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I won't be able to name them all. And I'll go away after this and think of loads that I wanted to sort <laughs> I know, of plug I know. It's in. always the way, isn't but, it? <laughs> but there are some real characters out there. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, the, the, the kind of... Um, the lovely women I've met who, even if they don't fully understand it, support their partners or husbands' iron oh, heart God. addictions. <laughs> that was uh, a brilliant there. thing that Goldberg said on the last podcast. And he was like, I think if I hadn't, if I didn't have this addiction, then me and my wife might be able to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, obviously most anybody that's listening that... Um, it's on the forum. We'll know uh, Ruben, Ruben, yeah, yeah. And, um, our boy, and his wife, uh, his wife Ingrid is uh, just adorable. I fell in love with her when we met when we went to Norway. Uh, I guess it's three years ago now. Um, can't wait to see her again. Oh. And she, I mean, you know, she, she. I don't think she gets the Ironheart bit at all. I'm sure she thinks Ruben looks great in them because he obviously <laughs> does. Uh, hot Ruben and hot Ingrid. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so you know that's that's the that's the thing. It's not just the people that you meet. It's the it, as you say, the community that grows, and meeting the families and the the partners and the kids and um, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, love that. Well, actually, it's probably quite a good opportunity now to to remind everyone that on September, the, I want to say September the ninth. Yeah, I think it Friday, September the ninth. Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th. I hope that's right. Yeah, we've got the Ironheart 20th anniversary party. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, which, uh, as, as Paul just said, it goes on all weekend. I'm not entirely sure of the, the details, but I know we've got a fairly big party on the Saturday night. Yeah, I think the Friday night is... Uh, an, 
I hope I'm not going to get this wrong. It's, um, it's drinks at the local brewery mm-hmm. uh, for those that are coming in on the Friday. The Saturday, I'm thinking it'll probably kick off mid-afternoon mm-hmm. and then go through the evening. And then because, you know, most people, a lot of people uh, are staying at uh, hotels and Airbnbs and what have you around and about Gosport, then on Sunday, we're basically doing a, a brunch that I think is going to start about 11-ish. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> I'm quoting myself. I think it's going to start about 11-ish, and I think they're going to go through the afternoon until people sort of filter away. Um, sort of last man yeah, 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 yeah. probably won't be me. Um, so, yeah. So, you know... One of the things we discovered very early on when we started doing these parties is if people come for a long wait, you know, you've got to kind of make sure that there's as much going on as possible because uh, it's a long way to come just for one night. So, yeah, yeah, definitely kicking off. And there'll be be little sort of mini side events going on as well for people (laughs) that are coming in. I know there's a couple of people coming in, you know, oh, I'm arriving on Wednesday and I'm staying till the following Thursday. (laughs) Yeah, which is great. Well, this, so, is, this will be in Gosport, just for everyone. Gosport, yes. UK, in the south of England. So, um, We've just confirmed uh, a, a very um, well-renowned tattooer uh, called Yel Suze. Uh, he's a fantastic guy. He does a lot of traditional artwork, and he'll be doing tattoos on the Saturday afternoon slash evening. Amazing. So if anyone wants a spontaneous <laughs> tat, then, uh, yeah, you've hit the mother load. <laughs> Please don't let me get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can't protect you. <laughs> Um, Paula I I, I, want to talk to you about a gazillion more things but I feel like maybe we need to save this for season three absolutely and um, yeah we should go and join the boys on the boat yeah and uh, well thank you anyway it's so good to talk to you and it's impossible to even start to say what the last sort of 15 20 years have been like with Ironheart and uh, it's I think I'm less conflicted than Giles because it was, just, and also because I think my exit is kind of by, by its very nature has to be slower. It might even get to the point where I'm like, oh, for God's sake, well, I still have to do that. <laughs> but, but really, um, no, it's uh, best best years of our lives and continue to be so. And you know, and I, and I think I've said it before. You know, we ain't going anywhere in a hurry. We uh, we will keep popping up like the proverbial bad pennies that we are. <laughs> Oh, well, if anyone wants to reach out to Paula, um, um, you can meet her or say hi to her at the, uh, the anniversary party in September. Go, uh, subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already, uh, and all the information will be available to you there. But um, Paula, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. Always a joy talking to you, Ollie. You've been listening to Ironcast, the official Ironheart International podcast. A big thank you to Paula Padmore. Ironcast is an island-to-island production hosted and edited by me, Ollie Walker. We hope you enjoyed listening and we look forward to bringing you season three in the very near future. Thanks for listening and take care. Take care.